Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 3, verses 10 through 18. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see how God wants to speak to us and guide us this day? I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the gift of Advent, the gift of this time to to prepare, to prepare our hearts. And what better way to prepare than to open up your words? So, Lord, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Mass. And as we break open the gospel that we will hear on Sunday, uh, please prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts uh, to receive you. Prepare our hearts to make the changes that you're encouraging us to make to be better husbands and wives and fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters and friends. Uh, Lord, prepare us. Prepare us to be your love and your light in the world. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. 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 Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. Again, this is a reading from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 3, verses 10 to 18. The crowds asked John the Baptist, what should we do? He said to them in reply, whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none, and whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, teacher, what should we do? He answered them, stop collecting more than is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, what is it that we should do? He told them, do not practice extortion. Do not falsely accuse anyone and be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were filled with expectation and were all asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thong on his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Exhorting them in many other ways, he preached good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love the figure of John the Baptist. You just picture him out in the the desert with his his camel hair and, and... Eating the locusts and, and wild honey, uh, but what what beautiful simplicity, you know. In, in our in our culture today and, and in our lives, there's so much complexity. <laughs> um, you know, we, we seem to make it more complex each with each day that goes by. But how simple of a response did John give to the crowds first? You know, the crowds asked, "What should we do?" Whoever has two coats should give one to someone that has none. How simple is that? And uh, and you know, it, 
it just it's very reassuring that you know, we we don't need to make this too complex. Uh, you know, we need to to give our yes as Mary did, and and then live out that yes uh, with with generosity each and every day. You know, and I love that what you just shared, Rob, because it takes me to Matthew's Gospel and the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus talks about what's it look like to say our yes, because our yes to the Lord are all in, our fiat, as Mary did. She said, I am the servant, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me according to your word. So for me, I also go back to to James and James 2.24. It says, faith without works is dead. Works without faith is dead. And we know as Catholics, you can't work your way into heaven. You can't do enough good stuff to merit heaven. It's impossible without God. We also know that it's not a matter of just lip service. It's not a matter of just saying, yes, I believe Jesus is Lord. Yes, he's Lord of my life, and I give all this lip service. Without what? Works. Well, what kind of works? The Bible clearly tells us not works of the law. So what works? Well, they're works of love that God has prepared for us in advance. Scripture tells us that. He knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. He knew the work he had planned for us in advance. So those works of love are what Jesus talks about in the Mount in the sermon. It says, feed the the hungry, clothe the naked. We see it here repeated by John the Baptist. Give drink to the thirsty, visit the prisoner, care for the sick. Those are works of love that each and every one of us are called to. Because as I love, I love St. Paul, as love St. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, you know, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And with that acclamation, he's doing exactly what John the Baptist is saying here, where he says, you know, I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. And that is humility. Humility trumps pride. And we must be so careful in our journey. We do nothing. We give our yes to the Lord. We surrender to our Lord. And just as Mary said, let it be done to me according to your word. It is then Jesus Christ that does the work in us, with us, and through us so that we become in our uniqueness the person of Christ in every situation, in every place God takes us, to to our desert desert experiences, to the church, to the community, to the workplace, to the home. That's a daily journey. That's awesome. So, man, for me, Lord, use me every day. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, and help me to recognize with that heart of gratitude that it's you that does the work. It's you that works in me, with me, and through me, freedom. And Dave, you mentioned nothing, that we are nothing. And I was just uh, looking, I think it was St. John of the Cross. It's a prayer book, uh, Divine Intimacy, and it's different writings of uh, St. John. Is St. John of the Cross a Carmelite? Is he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it had his Mount of Perfection, I think it was called, and different paths. And uh, the the path that led the path that led to the the summit of the mountain, which was you know perfection. Mount Carmel, actually, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That for all, all things for honor and glory of God is the path of nothing. Yeah. That that once we are on that path, that we realize that we can do nothing. That's the only path that leads you to that. All the other side paths that have any bit of self attached to it, you you can't. They ascend. don't go there. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that beautiful? Because. 
When we take it, I mean, my spiritual director, he keeps challenging me. He said, David, what's your greatest sin? I said, oh, I think it's this, or I think it's that. He said, no, no, no. Your greatest sin is a sin of self-sufficiency because you think you have to do it. And that's not of God, David. So I've had a great experience of going to my spiritual director, and it, it tells us this right here. People went to John the Baptist and asked the question, what should we do? My challenge to each and every one of our listeners is, who do you go to? Because if you go to the counsel of yourself, that's a bad deal. That's not healthy, and it's not scriptural. In fact, Scripture calls that person a fool. That is a counsel of one being themselves. So I want to make sure that I always have that inner circle, as Jesus did, of three. He had Peter, James, and John. That's the inner circle. And I want to have people that are fully grounded in Christ, that are sages in wisdom and, and the Scriptures, so that I can go and I can say, you know, here's what I'm at, where I'm at. What should I do? And I want to listen then, listen to their counsel, and then ask God for the grace to be obedient. And keep asking the question, why? Because we're all on a journey of perfecting Christ within us, and it's a daily journey. You know, I, I love scriptures when it tells us, you know, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's real easy. All you have to do is believe and accept, and you're good to go, right? No. Jesus says to be my disciple— Three things. Number one thing, first priority, deny yourself. Me, myself, and I is the cycle of death. You just deny yourself and live a life that's others-centered. Okay? Then the second criteria for this is pick up your cross. We all have them. Many of us just want to get rid of the cross, drop it off, lay it down. No, not me, not me, Lord. But the Lord said, no, 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 pick it up. And my buddy used me in Philly says, no, don't just pick it up, David, embrace it. Because it's through the cross, through that suffering that you're going to grow, and then God's going to use you as a great instrument to help others. So pick up your cross. And then the third, follow him. He's got to lead us. And that takes a constant daily communion. When I wake up in the morning, throughout my day, when I go to bed in the evening, that communion, that common union with the Lord, for me as a Catholic, it's daily mass. I go, I listen to the Word of God, and it's like, wow, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That helps me. Just like we're breaking it open today, Sunday's gospel, that helps me grow. And then think of this, this is what's so beautiful about being Catholic. It's not just about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the beginning. It's about an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God. Man, when you get that as a Catholic and then to have that depth of intimacy that Jesus Christ offers to us every day at Mass— when, he's, when the words of consecration are spoken, and that bread, that host, that wine are changed into, through the Holy Spirit in transubstantiation, to the body, blood, soul of Jesus Christ, that level of intimacy is beyond human understanding. But we as Catholics, we've got it. Do you get it? Are you awake to it? You can go and meet, greet, receive, experience Jesus every day intimately in the Eucharist. Jesus said, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. He gave his flesh. He paid the price. That flesh that he gave is the bread that is now 
offered, consecrated, and given to us in the Eucharist. It is his flesh, body, blood, soul, and divinity. We are what we eat. We are consuming our Lord so that as he took on and shared our humanity, we, in our uniqueness, share his divinity so that we can bring him into the world. And what a better season than Advent. And, and, you know, David, as you're talking through these things, and I'm looking at the first section of this passage for the gospel here, where Jesus is telling us what we should do, and you're talking about how we can perfect ourselves and grow in our Catholic faith, um, it, it brings to light the second part of this, of this reading where, it, you know, John says, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not the one, I'm baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I am, am is coming. And then he goes on to say, he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And as I read through this passage and looked at it earlier in the week and had, you know, reflected on it, this whole idea of the Holy Spirit and, and fire is part of, if it, it helps to illuminate the top part of that. It helps to bring to life what you're talking about, which is the Holy Spirit, the, the word spirit has always been associated with the Greek word for air. So we've got the wind and we've got the fire. And in the very next sentence, he talks about, you know, he has his winnowing fan in his hand. So the wind of the spirit will blow and it will separate the wheat from the chaff. And for us to be wheat, to have some weight, to have some substance so that we don't get blown away into the fire, we've got to do some of those things that we talked about. I'm thinking, you know, when you were talking, Rob, I'm thinking about St. Vincent de Paul, who used to talk about, you know, you you may have things, material things, and you may even have a little bit of a sufficiency. But if you have more than two shirts or three shirts in your closet, you're stealing from the poor. The rest belongs to the poor. You only have, have in your closet what you need. The rest belongs to the poor. It doesn't belong to you. You know, you should give that away. So, and uh, that's part of our kind of our social teaching, our social Catholic uh, social tradition. But um, yeah, and again, this is a great saint who was talking to his brother priest. But at the same time, it makes the point of you know if we if we have what we need, everything else because it's a gift from God belongs to the poor. It belongs to other. It belongs to others. So what we do with those things is what creates a weight in our life that keeps us from being blown away by the Spirit. The other thing that I think is really interesting about that is that whether you're the wheat or the chaff, the circumstances will be—the wind will blow and the fire will be there. If you get blown away because you're chaff, because you haven't added any substance to who you are as a person, as a Catholic— then uh, that's how you end up in the fire. But we're all subject to the same, you know, the same winds that blow through our lives, the same difficulties, the same challenges, the same problems, the same fire that we have to go through. So um, that's part of who we are and what we're called to be. And I think it, you know, Luke brings it out very clearly in this passage that those are the things that we've got to look for in our lives. And, you know, and, you know, as you were sharing that, I was reflecting on Father George. Father George, to me, who comes from Ethiopia, is a Maltese priest. He just exudes humility. He is a child of God that's so precious. You just want to, you know, wrap him up, take him home, and and and, and keep him with you. You don't want to let him go. And I can envision that's kind of what John the Baptist is, because Father George travels all through Ethiopia, Kenya, and Brazil with the same shirt and pants and clothing. He has nothing. But yet he has everything because he has Christ. So a couple learning lessons he taught me in humility and in this whole aspect that you shared of giving away the excess, because it's it's not about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. 
And if it's not a sacrifice, is it truly a gift? And that's something you need to reflect on. So anyhow, so I flew to Ethiopia. I was going to go work on the mission fields with Father George. And I get off the plane. And But before I got off the plane, I said, hey, I flew business class because I wanted to be rested up because I knew when I hit the ground, I'm going right into the mission fields. So I got the little packet that had the socks in and all the extra things to give you free. And I'm all proud of myself. I give it to Father George. I said, hey, for the poor. And he looks at me and he says, David, does this mean you flew business class? Oh, I said, yes, Father. He said, do you realize that if you'd have flown coach, you'd have had more money to give away to the poor. That message of truth, and that's the word they use down here, exhorting, that message of truth pierced my heart. I never flew business class or first class again in that one single year because I travel a lot overseas, China, Ethiopia, Kenya, Vietnam. I gave away in one year over $20,000 that I would have spent on business class, wait, justifying, I need to be, you know, relaxed because I'm going to get off and go into the mission fields. That was a huge learning lesson for me. And it was a sacrifice. But you know what? I don't mind it. Why? Because I'm able to give more away to the poor. Second learning lesson, I'm with my friend and we're driving in a car and I had let his son hunt on my land and he had brittle bone disease. He had to have a special gun made that didn't give any kickback. So my friend's in the back with Father George and the son's up up with me in the front seat. We're driving around looking for these these deer on the property. And I hear the conversation start. My friend says, oh yeah, Father, I have 20 guns. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And and Father George says, well, why don't you sell all that you don't need and just keep the one or two you need and give the money to the poor? And I'm driving the car going, oh, Dale, don't go there, don't go there. And my friend says, oh, Father, you don't understand. I can keep my 20 guns and still give away money to the poor. And I'm dying. I'm not going, oh, no, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And Father George in his still quiet voice says, no, son, you don't understand. It's not about giving to the poor. It's about the sacrifice for the gift. And so it's like, oh, it pierced his heart. And he just bent over because it's the truth. He didn't need 20 guns, but he, just like the rich man in scriptures, he wasn't willing to let them go and give to the poor. Because when we reflect on that story where the rich man goes to the Lord and says, you know, what do I have to do to earn eternal life? And the Lord says, well, you know the commandments. He said, oh, those I've kept from my youth. And the Lord says, good. Now, what you're lacking is sell your, listen to the word, possessions and give to the floor, give to the poor. So that use of those words, possessions end up possessing us. There are things that are actually a preventative from us being totally freed of worldly, the chafed of our life, the chafed that, that talking about the winnowing fan here, you know, and he, the, the rich man walked away because he had much stuff. But you see, if we, if we receive everything as a gift with open hands, knowing it belongs to the Lord, knowing it's to be used to help others, then if the Lord asks us to use that gift to help others, give it and give your best. Sell the guns. You were challenged. He asked, what should I do? And he was challenged, but he wasn't willing to accept the challenge. Because what the Lord wanted to teach the rich man was, you don't have to go sell everything. That's not what I'm calling you to do and give it all away to the poor. But you come to realize that it all belongs to him. And you're supposed to sell anything that really possesses you. And is a preventative of my pure love flowing through you into the world. 
Wow, it's awesome, uh, David and Tom. And, and as you guys are, are sharing, I was just jotting down some notes. Uh, this past week, we had uh, a Spirit Power retreat that we that we offered at, at Ma- uh, Malvern Retreat House. So Spirit Power is one of the ministries of Stewardship Mission of Faith, uh, led by Marty Rotella, just a beautiful man, a Catholic singer-songwriter who walked away from the world and, and the uh, the fame, fortune, and money that he could have had singing in, in, you know, in, in the secular circles. He walked away, and he's been for 30-plus years singing for the Lord and evangelizing. And this past week, the retreat's theme was journey. And in the beginning, he talked about the Holy Spirit. At the time you mentioned the Holy Spirit is air, right? And he gave us a visual of a balloon and how beautifully a balloon just kind of dances in the wind, right? And, and follows, you know, just the, you know, where the wind blows. And, and in our lives, if we're docile to the Holy Spirit and attentive to those, those still small voices, and there's still promptings that we too can be like that balloon that's just gently guided by the wind. He said, on the other hand, we can be a brick and it takes a tornado to move a brick, <laughs> right? Wow, that's a good analogy. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that is awesome. And then Dave, as you were sharing, I, I just drew a balloon and I drew, uh, you know, we can picture you know, a child holding on to this one string and I drew one, two, three, four, five strings with S-T-U-F-F at the bottom of each. And if... Our balloon is held down by our stuff, and we are so attached to it, we have to detach, right? Yes. So we, we cut one, but still we're not you know, we're not dancing with the Holy Spirit. Then we have to detach from another one. We're still not dancing with the Holy Spirit. We have to keep detaching. Even if we're left with one and we still have one attachment, we're still not able to dance with the Holy Spirit until we cut that last one. Yep. Right? So for me, you know, the sharing that the Holy Spirit is, is giving you guys to, to give to me and to everyone listening is, you know, really um, look at the stuff in my life, both the material stuff and the relationships and my ego and pride or whatever. Like what, you know, what stuff is, you back. is, is whole, and then just picture myself as that balloon that, that the Holy Spirit wants to, you know, lead that take dance. Take where he wants to take Yeah. You. So, uh, Lord, please reveal the, uh, the attachments. And that's a challenge to each and every one of us. And I'm telling you here and now, go and find those holy three. Go and find that counsel or be part of a small group. Look at Stewardship of Mission of Faith and join a gospel reflection group or join a leadership group or start one. So you have a place where you can put it out there, where you can put it out there and ask for counsel. Because when we don't have that ability and we choose not to ask for counsel, Man, we're, we get blind real quick, and we justify, and, and we don't hear the voice of God. So, you know, great a great idea, Rob, you know, is, is to do that, is to do that. And, and you know, David, um, my work with uh, Catholic schools, and particularly with faculty at Catholic schools, and we've been taking uh, stewardship of leadership and gospel reflection in, is that it does provide people an opportunity to to grow with each other in the faith. It's different from reading the scripture by yourself. It's different from praying the scripture uh, or, you know, listening to scripture at mass and having a homily. It's the opportunity to engage at a deeper level and to really participate in the word of God and be affected by it in an even deeper way. And I think that's the real value of it. So, you know, wherever we can promote that, I think we should do that. And if people are involved with that and they know the power of it, hopefully they'll share that with other people. And the friendships that are developed in those groups is just off the charts. Yeah. You, know, you, you meet someone and, and when the foundation of friendship is Christ, that the friendship goes yeah. so deep so fast because you're not, 
You're not right. doing the superficial stuff. You're, you're you're meeting on the foundation of of Christ, and then you're sharing His Word with each other, and you're praying with each other, and you're and you're getting to know each other. And it's just it is it is an absolute gift. So if never if anyone listening has never been a part of a small group, please uh, seek one out. And if you need help, like Tom said, if you need help starting one, we'd be happy to help you. You know, and listening to our radio program right now with the three of us, this is a small group. Yeah. So my challenge point to everybody out there, did you hear the Holy Spirit? Did you hear the Holy Spirit's invitation to meet Christ daily at Mass? He's there. He's inviting you. He used one of us as an or as an oracle to speak the truth. But the invitation is from the Holy Spirit to you, to realize you can receive the Lord Jesus Christ at Mass every day, both in Word and in the Eucharist. It's not either or, it's both and, but the choice is yours because we have free will. But I know for me, when I opened my ears to listen and somebody invited me to come and receive, my life has changed. I, if I don't go to daily Mass, I feel like I'm I'm kind of naked out in the world because I haven't been filled up. Amen. Amen. Filled up with the Lord to go to go out. And then and I love this part too. If we read the different things here, you know, soldiers ask, tax collector ask. Jesus didn't say stop being a tax collector, because there's nothing illegal about being a tax collector. Right. He just pointed out where there was an error, where there was something that wasn't consistent with the heart of Christ. He didn't say to the soldier, hey, stop being a soldier. He pointed out where there was an inconsistency in his unconditional love, in his heart. So for me, wherever we're at, whatever we're called to in our work, we need to take the presence of Christ into the workplace. And quite honestly, I don't know how you could possibly do that if you don't fuel up every day, either early morning mass you know, or, or devotional, every day. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And, and coupled with that, you know, mass and prayer— uh, earlier, I don't know. I think I don't know, which, which one of you said this, but we we're talking about deny yourself, David. Deny yourself, take up your cross, right? And I just wrote down deny yourself, and then dot 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 or slash of legitimate good things. That each day, if we can intentionally resist grabbing something off the table, even though it's good, it's morally neutral, it's a piece of food, but intentionally deny yourself of something good, something good. You know that second piece of steak, or that you know that second cup of of coffee, whatever it is, if we can practice denying ourselves of that legitimate good during Advent, that'll be a good way to prepare our hearts and then prepare us for the, the fight when we have to deny ourselves of something that's morally evil. So if we don't train our will, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be stuck. And you know what, Rob? Then offer it up. Amen. Because we as Catholics know that we can unite those gifts of, of sacrifice. We can offer them up with Christ's one perfect sacrifice in the salvation of souls. So you know what? Ask God for the grace Deny yourself, yeah, that extra piece of steak, that extra piece of pie, and offer it up to the Lord. What a journey. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great Advent season. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization 
and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.